Welcome to the Time Blaster Toy Cast. You can download this podcast on all major streaming platforms, including Apple, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure to leave us a review. On each episode, we will select a random review for a very special giveaway. To stay up to date with us, please make sure to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube at Time Blaster Toys, also at The Retro KO. We also want to hear from you. Ask us a question on Twitter or Instagram using the hashtag AskTimeBlasterPod, and we will try our best to answer as many as we can on the show. Folks, it is the Time Blaster Toycast. I'm Dave at Matthew Priest on the social medias, and uh, we got a nice, fun episode two lined up for you. We appreciate all your feedback on episode one, and today, uh, without further wait, how about we get you over to your hosts here? How about we'll go first with Keith, who's at Time Blaster Toys. Keith, what you got going on today? How have you been? Not much. I'm ready to talk Nintendo today. I know last week was like a very specific category wf hasbro series one so decided to make it a little more broad this week that's right nintendo's what we're gonna be talking about joe at retro ko your other co-host here joe uh wanted to just get going with it how you doing and uh jump into the nintendo talk here all right dave thank you so much yeah so nintendo was a uh it was a big part of my childhood but before we dive into the nes i was thinking we could say uh maybe go around and see what everyone's earliest memories of video game playing is my earliest memory of video game playing actually it would be uh atari um and i honestly i went from atari to sega genesis i did not have a nintendo and the first time i played a nintendo was after i played sega genesis we're so. talking atari like single joystick with the yellow button on top uh it was a single joystick had a red button like a thumb button and then you just had the black joystick okay yeah i, I definitely had an atari too i don't remember much about it we had it but same thing, man. Like as far as Nintendo goes, we had one, but I was not playing it much at all. I was definitely a Sega Genesis kid. And you went from Sega and then Nintendo, so you probably were like, "Ew." Well, no, I, I never had a Nintendo. Okay. So my friends had Nintendos, or my cousin had a Nintendo. So the only time I played Nintendo was over there. But I got a, Sega Genesis right. nineteen eighty nine when they first came out. That was a Christmas present with Tommy Lasorda baseball and Altered Beast, but. We're gonna. Beast is so good. Well, Sega does what Nintendo don't. And uh, <laughs> so that was '89 Christmas, and uh, I don't know. I mean, I was four, so Nintendo had been out. Kids had Nintendos. My older brothers played Nintendo, but for me, the first video game I remember really playing was Sega. But Nintendo was every kid in school talked to Nintendo. Yeah. Well, what about you, Joe? You're the video game guy. My earliest memory. I can't really pinpoint how old I was, but I remember. In the basement, we had a TV, and we had an Atari 2600 hooked up to that bad boy. And it was Pac-Man. Okay. Playing Pac-Man with my mom. That's the earliest memory I can I can conjure up. Yeah, I mean, as far as video games go, I definitely remember all the old Tiger Electronic handhelds. Oh, yes, like, yes. I had tons of those. There was that little, there, there was a Ghostbusters one. It was black and red. That, I played that thing a lot. Yeah, but times. when I was thinking about Nintendo, knowing we were going to talk about this, and I was trying to figure out, like, what year did we get a Nintendo? And I know for sure it wasn't until, like, in the 90s. Yeah. Because when did Nintendo come out? 
Nintendo came out October 1985. Yeah, so like I'm talking five, six years later. Yeah, I think the same goes for me. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I've always been more into toys than video games. That's even true to this day. Um, but even with that being said, like, if you were alive in the 80s and the early 90s, like, NES was everything. So we've got plenty to talk about, not just the console and the games itself, but all the extra fun stuff that came along with it. Yeah, of course. Um, like Mario, the Super Mario Brothers were uh, the first big, like, video game, if you will, for the Nintendo. And there was the Duck Hunt as well, and they had the hybrid game. But, but Mario, like, did you guys play Mario? Was that a big, uh, big oh, thing yeah. for you guys? Mario, I logged a lot of hours playing Mario Duck Hunt. Did you ever a beat Mario? No, I did not beat Mario. That's the thing, like, I thought about. I'm like, I don't know if I've ever, like, no. really beat any video game in my entire life. I think the only Mario game I beat was Mario RPG. And okay. I was on the Super Nintendo. Yeah, see, I know I didn't beat it, but I definitely have memories of uh, at some point. I probably, you know, probably like second grade, where you, you know, you wake up early to play Mario, and yeah. you're like doing good. You're a few like levels deep, and then it's time for school, and you're right, like, "What right. do you do?" There's no save feature on <laughs> you Mario. You pause the game, and you just pray that your mom doesn't want to watch <laughs> TV during the day. And then you come right. home six, seven hours later, and hope that it's still there. Back in the days, we only had one TV in the household. Oh yeah, for sure. Now that being said, like Mario is the mascot of Nintendo and arguably one of the most recognizable figures in all of pop culture. Do you guys know when that started? Like Joe, like was in the eighties? Was Mario that popular, or did that come later, or it was he had, iconic it, then? It had to have come a little bit later. What was the packing game for Nintendo? It was Tetris, I believe. Oh, correct? geez, originally, dude. Yeah, I, I want to say it was Tetris. I don't think Mario came right away. That had to have been a little bit later. Yeah, that's true because the first yeah. version of Super Mario Brothers for NES, I was just looking at it like in the black box. Yeah, you know, independent from being packed in with the console and like the art's different on the front yeah. of the box. It's a pretty valuable game. So, yeah, I guess I don't know for sure. But Mario's been around forever. Right. I mean, by the time, what, late 80s, I mean, he was everywhere for the most part. Because when Nintendo was launched, it was pushed out with Rob the Robot. Right. So they were really heavy pushing Rob, which I never had, but I did use it later in life. I don't even know what Rob the Robot looks like. Rob the Robot is like a mixture of E.T. and R2-D2. <laughs> Sounds he's, terrifying. He's got, he's got the E.T. head with the neck and then the R2 body, but he's got arms. And he, uh, man, I don't think it worked the way they wanted it to. Well, yeah, he, you know, I think there was only a couple games that he was like compatible yeah, it with. It was uh, Stack Up and Gyromite were the only two games. I didn't even really, I wasn't even really aware of his existence until probably 10 years ago. Right. Just to show kind of how far out of the loop I am on you know, retro yeah. video game knowledge. He was, he was super loud, and he took a long time to do his functionality. It was just easier to hold the other remote and hit the buttons yourself. Yeah, he's worth a lot of money if you can find him uh, in good shape, that's for sure. So I alluded to it earlier. Uh, to me, the cool game was when I'd go to my friend's house, the only game I ever wanted to play was Duck Hunt. Yes. And that was because you got to shoot a gun at the TV, and it was the coolest thing ever. Uh, Keith, did you get to play Duck Hunt a lot when you were younger? Oh, yeah, lots of Duck Hunt. And, like, like, at the start, right, you're shooting the ducks, but eventually it's, like, the discs or something, the clay discs. I think, yeah, I think A couple discs, levels yeah. in. Yeah, you know, that big, giant, orange, orangish-red gun. Yeah, we played a lot of Duck Hunt. And that damn dog that would laugh at you every time you missed. 
hate that dog. When I, when I was thinking of Nintendo games, you know, like I said, I was a Sega kid. So once we start talking Sega, I can have a lot more to add. But I was like, what games did I play when I on my NES? And outside of Mario and Duck Hunt, the main ones I'm going to go back to are the wrestling games. Yes, pro wrestling. Yeah, and I remember, um, you know, the first wrestling game I got was... I think it's just called like WWF WrestleMania for With NES. Hogan on the label. Yep. Yeah. I think it came out in '89. I think I probably got it in like '91. Yeah. But it was the first wrestling game I could, you know, I ever had, and I was so excited for it until I played it. Did you ever play that game? I did play that game. It is not very good. Well, there's only six characters yeah. you can be. You know, and the graphics are what they are. Bam Bam Bigelow's in the game, but when you're a kid in '91, you don't even know who Bam Bam Bigelow is really because he's long gone from the company but yeah not the not the best game but definitely one of the ones i played the most so did you play any of the other mario games mario 2 or 3 yeah along the way because yeah. mario 3 is when he starts flying right yeah with the raccoon tail and stuff yeah, yeah 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 mario i don't think i ever played the original one until later in life like as yeah. a kid i had a friend duck hunt and and mario 2 those were the games that i played mario 2 is my favorite mario and uh but with Duck Hunt, I just wanted to say real quick, was there a game before Duck Hunt that you actually, that had that technology, which what is that technology that allowed you, the gun to shoot the TV and be accurate there so, with the calibration? Yeah, the Nintendo Zapper, I believe, uses infrared with the TV, and that's why it doesn't work on modern TVs. But I believe the game, the first game for it was Hogan's Alley, I believe, which was like a Western shootout game. I know, you know, outside of Nintendo, there was a product made, which, again, I just learned about. I met a guy in the store, and he was explaining it to me. It was like this thing you bought where there were, like, sensors that were independent of your TV, and you'd almost, like, suction cup them on the sides of your TV and then play maybe with a tape and a VCR. Oh, wow. Yeah, I don't remember what it's called, but something like that existed prior to Nintendo. But, yeah, being able to shoot your gun at a TV, that's, you know, pretty great in the late 80s. The only place you'd be able to do something like that prior would be like at an arcade. Right. right. <clears throat> yeah, it was definitely a, a game changer. So many games came after that for later systems and, and the, you know, the arcade evolution, of course, behind it. But Duck Hunt, right there at home, being able to do that. You alluded to the wrestling games. You alluded to the other Mario games. My favorite game uh, that I used to get to play was Ice Hockey. Well, ice uh, you, had, you had three <laughs> body sizes to choose. You had a little skinny guy. A little average size guy, and then like big fat guys, and um, I mean it was just a fun game to play. It was just whatever country in the world, from what I remember, and you just picked your team, and you had these little, you had little skinny guys. They were fast, but they could get knocked over real easy. Right. So oh. that was uh, as being a hockey aficionado myself, um, getting to play ice hockey on the Nintendo was really cool because I don't think Sega had a hockey game until NHL. Hockey, which didn't come out till '92, so yeah. Well, there's also Blades of Steel. Blades right? of Steel, yeah. Like, yes. Whenever anyone tells you they have old Nintendo games <laughs> that they want to sell you, and they bring, <laughs> like, there's always three copies of Blades of Steel in the box. So it was a widely popular game too. Yeah. It, well, I only played that in arcades at hockey rinks. So like, Blades of Steel was an arcade yeah. game to me. Whenever I was a kid playing hockey, and you get done playing hockey, it was like a race to the Blades of Steel. Oh, it should be game. a race to the Super Checks machine. That's, <laughs> that's what I'd want to play. Claw Machine was my go-to if I couldn't make it. I was the last one out of the locker room. I was a slow undresser, yeah, and and I was a socializer. Um, but anyhow, yeah. Um, so sh shifting gears here, what was the TV show 
um, do you guys remember a TV show with Nintendo where the the kid had like a power glove and then he would it was like live action, but then he would go into like a cartoon world if memory serves me right. You're talking the show with Captain Lou as Mario. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I don't. What's the, what was it was like Super Mario? The Super Show or something? Maybe. Yeah. I actually st- started watching a little bit of that like in the last couple of years because my son, you know, he got into Mario and Nintendo and playing all the games and buying the toys, and he asked me, Dad, is there a Mario show? And I'm like, technically, yes. Yeah, the Super Mario Brothers Super Show. Okay, yeah. Aired from uh, September through December in 1989. Yeah, so it didn't have a long run, and I guess the reasoning was because the um, the company that was making the show was kind of taking artistic license, yeah. you know, to get the show made, and it wasn't fitting to what Nintendo wanted, you know, their characters to do and portray yeah, so yeah. it wasn't it wasn't around very long that's for sure it wasn't the mario nintendo wanted <clears throat> but yeah captain lou as mario that was pretty cool good casting got himself a payday so i had a game growing up called uh, world class track meet and you had to use the power pad did you oh. ever use the power pad dude all those peripherals <laughs> power pad power glove never had any of that stuff so, and for those listening who don't know, the power pad was a giant plastic rectangle that it's you would like, lay on the floor. Like DDR 30 Yeah, years and it had rows of numbers. I think it went through 1 through 12. And so you were playing track. You would run on the power pad, and then you'd have to jump over the hurdles. It Was it responsive? Did it work good? I mean, sometimes. <laughs> Maybe when it was brand new. Yeah. The power glove you talked about, I remember the power glove being like a cool prop in a lot of pop culture movies later on in like the later 90s and then early 2000s. Um, like there's a scene in Hackers that jumps right out in my head where the FBI is going through one of the kids' houses and like they're picking up the power glove and they're like, what the heck is this thing? Mm-hmm. And um, The it Kid was just, and the Wizard. The Kid and the Wizard, yes. Yeah, that was a... What was the video game? It was not Nintendo, but there was another... Speaking of pop culture and video games, I'm on that in my brain right now, but the, it was like Fred Savage. Yeah, that's the that's Wizard. That's the Wizard. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. There it is. That yeah. was just arcade, though, right? Or did they play? They played something in that, didn't they? That kid had like a little box of games, right? And he would like open it and he was like, choose your game or something <laughs> like that. Or they played like Rad Racer or something with the glove. I can't remember exactly. The game I'm thinking, or the show I was thinking of was called Captain N. Captain the kid had oh. a varsity jacket, mm. the power glove, and then he was like live action kid. Then he went into like the cartoon world. Yeah, and the N stood oh. for Nintendo, I imagine. Yes. <laughs> I never watched yes. that show. That it was like a one of those wake up before school. You're getting ready for school. It's like six a.m. and mom wakes you up, so you watch like GI Joe, and Captain N. Okay. I think the Super Mario Brother, Captain okay. Lou show, which you know. Man, your mom woke you up early. You had time to yeah. watch three well, thirty she, minute shows. Yeah, we would get up, and then you know you put a little bit of Sports Center on, and um, <laughs> next thing you, next thing you know, you're uh, going to school. I have no memory of Captain N, the Game Master. Well, I have no memory of the show, but I. I can picture the character. Aired from eighty nine to nineteen ninety one. Yeah, I don't know what channel that would have aired on. It was if on, it was on cable, I didn't have it. it we didn't have cable till ninety two, yeah, so yeah. it was on the same whatever your Monday, your weekday morning cartoons were on. G.I. Joe, little uh what was it? My little pony, all that stuff was on the same channel. Was it channel fifty maybe? Okay, maybe. Yeah. So like a Fox channel, maybe? Yeah, yeah. Whatever, one of those uh well, hey, so switching gears a little bit, do you guys remember the Nintendo Happy Meal toys that came out around the same time? Probably, oh, yes. Yeah, probably 89, 90. Mm. Like the, 
you know, for the longest time, there were no Nintendo toys. No. Like, very few. Like, if you go back and you look, there's they made little display, you know, statue-type things that you could buy in the video game area of Toys R Us, but no, you know, actual toys or action figures until Happy Meal Toys came out. And uh, so there was a set of four, and I feel like if you were around during this time, you had some of these dudes. You had Mario with, like, look. The springing action, yep. You know, so he had the tail, so that was probably based on Super Mario Three. Yeah, he had Luigi floating around on a cloud. You had a little Goomba mushroom guy, and then what was the fourth? There was one? a Koopa Troopa. Koopa Troopa with yeah. little spikes on his back. Yeah, and it's funny, like people will bring in their collections of old toys for me to appraise or buy, and you know, I'd say at least fifty percent of the time, these collection of toys has these. Uh, Happy Meal toys in them. They're just everywhere. At one point, I had like 20 Marios, like a month or two back. Uh, I've since sold them all, but they're like super cool toys and really ahead of their time because, like I said, it was another 15, 20 years till there were more, you know, Mario action figures when Toy Biz made the Super Mario Kart figures, and that was probably 1999, 98. Yeah. So that kind of goes into like the marketing of Mario and was the Happy Meal toys in America the first branding of Mario as like as a toy then or was there other it's not like nowadays where you can go to a store and there's a pillow for I mean as far as the actual toy goes I'm gonna say yes because I can't even think of any other toys from that era um like I said, there were like video game statue type things you could buy. Yeah. I remember like uh, you know Zelda and Link ones, and those would be you know in the in the video game section of Toys R Us, just kind of like tucked away at the end of the aisle. Because Mario's first appearance was Donkey Kong in '81, right. and that was in Japan. So unless they had a Donkey Kong themed Mario stuff back in the early '80s, that could have been the first appearance. But yeah, for us, Happy Meal for sure. So. With Nintendo, that's a Japanese company, right? Yep. So how long before it hit the States? Or was it an immediate uh, release worldwide? For the NES? Yes. So the NES was released in 1983. 83, it was released as a Famicom in Japan. And then Nintendo of America, there was a prototype that Nintendo first put out, and it was called the Advanced Video System. So at this time, in 1983, there was a video game crash, right? And there was a lot of money lost. I think Atari lost $500 million or so in the video game crash. The market just collapsed. So Nintendo was trying to steer away from the term video game. Like, if you look on the NES box and the packaging, you won't find video game anywhere. Okay. So they were heavily pushing the entertainment side. So they put out the video, the advanced video system, and it was shown to the public one time. And I want to say it was in Las Vegas at a consumer show, maybe in January of 85. And at the end of the show, they had zero orders. So they had to go back to the drawing board, right? So So what was it, though? It was like, it was the same color scheme, right? But it was flat and it was top loaded. And it came with a joystick, a keyboard, a music keyboard, a zapper. And the remotes were actually infrared. They were wireless. Oh, and uh, so when they went back and they redesigned it, they designed it to look like a VCR. Okay. You load the games in the front. Yeah, it worked after that. Wow. Well, yeah, speaking of 
looking like a VCR. Like yeah. everyone has a story of their Nintendo like not functioning properly, oh, yeah. blowing in the cartridge. I think that's a big reason why I probably didn't play it as much as I did. It's because I know for sure, like, we got our Nintendo. It had to be secondhand because it was five or six years after it came out. Right. And I know for a fact, you know, half the time I tried to play it, it didn't work. So, you know, I don't at – what at some point, they switched over to, like, the top-loading. They released the top-loading, yeah, yeah. Nintendo, and that thing works like a charm yeah. you know, well, every, every time you boot it up. Of course, you're going to have problems when you're trying to load it flat. You know, the pins aren't going to connect as well. Yeah. And you really, there was no there was no reason to even push the game down. You could have just put it in. You didn't have to push it down for it to work. I noticed yeah, that. So yeah, so I don't I, even know why yeah. they designed it that way, but yeah. That's funny, yeah. It was probably, you know, just a stylistic choice yeah. then. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Wanted to look like a VCR. Wanted Little like did they know that everyone in the world right. would be blowing into their cartridges for right. the next 30 years. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that, no, it's funny you have the story, because I feel like every kid had their own technique, too. You'd do the blow first, stick it in, and if it didn't work, then you'd be like, let me try to like to just do like the hot breath on it and just <laughs> breathe on it and then try it. And if that doesn't work, then you do a combination, yeah. blow, breathe, blow, something like that. Blow from both sides. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, so we talked a little bit about it. And, and I'm actually, we're in Time Blaster Toys in, in Westland, Michigan, folks. Um, and I actually have my eyes on a Nintendo Entertainment System uh, that's in the store here for purchase. But looking at it, like what Joe was saying, when he was talking about how they wanted to design it like a VCR there, looking at the box, it, is, it looks like a VHS tape on the cover of the box um, for this. But Keith, Time Blaster Toys here, at Time Blaster Toys, as I mentioned earlier, like when you get these Nintendo systems in here, what's the value? What, what do you look for? Yeah, well, I mean, it all depends on what we're talking about. I guess the first answer to that question is, is it a functioning NES? Because a lot of times you're going to run into problems. Uh, you know, Nintendos and games come in. The first thing I look at is, are the games themselves? You know what I mean? I talked about Blades of Steel earlier. There's, you know, there's quite a few very common Nintendo games that I feel everyone on earth had. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they're still out there aplenty. So they're not that valuable. But there are other games, you know, there's some really high-end Nintendo games that I, you know, to this day, I don't know them all. But, you know, you come in contact with some sometime and you're just like, wow, this game's worth you know literal hundreds of dollars who would have known yeah panic restaurant who knew right it was what's panic restaurant so panic restaurant's like a really expensive nintendo game that i knew nothing about and a few years ago i was uh i don't know i must have acquired a bunch of nes games and i was looking them up and that led me down a rabbit hole of like what are the most valuable nintendo games and you know i go on the web on a website and i start looking at them and one of them's called panic restaurant and i happen to tell my wife Melanie, I'm like, man, look at this game. And she she proceeds to tell me, oh, my mom has that game, and it's sitting on a shelf in her living room. We've had this game our whole life. And I'm like, there's no way this is true. So Get in the car. So we get in the car. <laughs> we go to my mother-in-law's house, and lo and behold, dude, just amongst all these common games, Panic Restaurant, just sitting there, you know, complete with the instructions, on a shelf. It was That game sat there unplayed for 25 years in her living room, and Needless to say, we sold that game oh, yeah, after absolutely. we played it a little bit. But it was a very valuable game. I think it sold for, I want to say, $500. It's yep. been a few years. Maybe it's more valuable I'm now. I'm sure it's gone up. But, yeah. I mean, that ain't even the most expensive game. Yeah. But it's, you know, it's probably in the top ten. Joe, do you have any Holy Grail stories? Holy Grail stories? No, not really. Um, I have a horror story. Shoot. And that is the game known as Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> 
that game tormented me as a child. I think I could get past the swimming level, and that was about it. I don't understand why they made a game that was so difficult based on a franchise that was loved by kids, you know? That's the that's like the one thing everybody says yeah. when you start talking to Nintendo. Everyone has their story of Ninja Turtles was the hardest game. I like people couldn't get past the first level Just of this. So game. many times slamming the controller down on the floor. Yeah. In rage. Yeah, I probably have five copies of that game here if anyone's interested. Those uh <laughs> this when slamming the Nintendo controllers, those were square boxy controllers, right? They didn't round them off until right, yeah, yeah, rectangle. they were little rectangles. Sharp edges. Yeah. yeah. They bust easy when you slam them? <laughs> Surprisingly, no. I didn't break any, but maybe because my floor was carpet, I got lucky. So what about, like, you guys have any memories of other Nintendo type of stuff, like, outside of video games themselves? Like, we talked about the Happy Meals for a minute, but I'm thinking of one thing I can picture, but I was wondering if either of you Nintendo merchandise memories at all? Not Nintendo, no. For me, it, like, like I said, like, the Mario character just was kind of out there, and it was more... I think more later on, like N64 era was yeah. really when I felt like it kind of bloomed. That's just yeah. me personally. And I don't know. I don't know anything. Um, but yeah, Nintendo itself, that's why I was asking the questions because I really don't yeah. have memories. Well, remember back in the day, those big QB wooden toy chest things that you yes. could buy that were like, to me, I always remember like December, you're at Kmart and they're like top shelf. As far as the eye can see, yeah. you know, everybody had the Ninja Turtles one. A lot of people had the WWF one, WWF myself one. included. Yeah. I still have mine. But there was a Nintendo one, too. You remember that one? I don't it's remember like, the Nintendo one. You know, it's, it's real white, uh, but it's got, yeah, look it up. It's cool. I remember seeing it, and it'll pop up from time to time. And that's one of the first memories I have of any sort of, like, Nintendo merch is that big, giant toy chest. Do you guys have favorite games? Three I can games. do three favorite games, and I didn't have I a freaking do, Nintendo. I can do three. I mean, mine are pretty pretty easy. I've already mentioned the, the three would be uh, Ice Hockey would be three. Number two would be Mario 2, and then number one all time, Duck Hunt. Duck Hunt is number one. That's wild. That is Duck, Hunt, Duck Hunt was good for maybe five or ten minutes, and then it's like, I've had enough. Oh, as a six-year-old boy, yeah, getting to shoot a TV screen with sure. a gun was yeah. the coolest thing of all time to me. I got you, yeah. Hence, later in life on the Sega, I played a lot of uh, Area 51, and there was a, a cowboy game. Joe might have said the name of it earlier that got re-released on the Genesis. Hogan, it might have been Hogan's Alley. And then there was also a game, Time Crisis, I think, for PlayStation that I played the hell out of because you got to shoot a gun at a TV. Yeah, and see, I've never, ever been into games like that to this day. Like, never. At arcade, I would never play. Like, give me NBA Jam or something. I'm not playing this game. Uh, dude, I don't know about three, but, you know, one game no one's talked about, just a timeless, classic, basic game, Tetris. I love Tetris, so I would play Tetris... Puzzle games for me were always super fun. I'd spend a lot of time playing them. So Tetris would be in my top three. Outside of that, I don't know, man. That's So kind of going off Tetris, Mario was the iconic figure for Nintendo. Wasn't there a Mario version of Tetris? Dr. Mario. Yeah, but it's not exactly Tetris, not right? not exactly Tetris. Is it, more, is it more like Tetris Attack and gameplay? Yeah, kind of, yeah. Inspired by for sure, yeah, and they felt like that was the biggest thing with Nintendo was they would take something that was successful, and they would take Mario, put him into it, and it had its whole new whole new world. I feel like Doctor Mario wasn't the only one. There was other games that um, that I feel like they used Mario. You mentioned Donkey Kong. They would always sprinkle him in to these other games because he was he was the face of the company. He was the Hogan 
of uh, Nintendo. All right, so my top three, after a little bit of deliberation, think, deliberation here, here on my part. He was deep in thought. It took um, him a minute. So Mario, Mario 2 and 3 can be one or two, and then I got to go with Zelda. It was such a great, a great game. You could actually save your game if you were lucky enough that the save battery wouldn't die on you because that happened to me as a child. Yeah, was did you have the gold cartridge? I did have the gold okay. cartridge, yeah. So it was releasing gold and gray, correct. So you mentioned the save. Was that a specific to Zelda where you could save? It was specific to Zelda, yeah. It was like that... part. It was within the cartridge itself. Yeah, it was it a had little, really, little yeah. watch battery inside the cartridge, which you could actually replace if it died. Oh wow! That, so that was that the first game with like any system you could save on. I I want to say yeah, but don't quote me on that because I'm not a hundred percent sure. But as a kid, that was definitely a game changer. Oh, absolutely! Especially here in America, there might have been a game in Japan that did that before, but for us, I think that was the first one. I mean, just thinking the evolution of saving games. So that's probably why Zelda. Cause kids in school, they talked Zelda all the yeah. damn time. Like. I didn't know what it was. It was just a little green. To me, it was just this little green blip running right. around on a map. <laughs> Going into caves. But that, right. I mean, what a selling point. Gold cartridge. Yep. Um, you Super can shiny. With it. Kids like shiny. Were there any other games that had shiny cartridges or different colored cartridges? There were. Oh, I know one. Bible games had a blue cartridge. Oh, Bible were there, there Bible was more games, than one? Yeah. I mean, Bible, Bible games is a pretty valuable game today. Oh, it was called Bible games. It was called there Bible games. There weren't more games. than one of them. No, no. It had gotcha. multiple games on one cart, yeah. I had a cartridge uh, in the last couple of weeks. I've sold it since. It was called uh, Big Nose the Caveman. Big Nose the Caveman. It was. I'm not sure what company made it, but it was kind of like an odd-shaped cartridge, but it was also gold, like Zelda. They didn't know that. That's pretty fascinating how they started it. Those had to be later on. Those weren't like 85. Oh, I totally remember that artwork. Releases. Yeah. So I was talking about when I mentioned Mario 2. Do you guys know the history behind Mario 2? Not one bit. I can assure you I do not. Okay, so Mario 2. We'll, we'll little history lesson. So in Japan, they actually created a sequel to Super Mario Brothers. And you guys know how Mario 2 looked like extremely different from the first one. Right. So they created, in Japan, they created a sequel which looked similar to the original. So when they sent it over to us, when Nintendo of America was playing it, it was deemed too difficult. Oh. For... I, I guess they thought the kids here would not be able to play it. They wouldn't be able to enjoy it. So they sent it back. And they took a game from Japan called Doki Doki Panic, which had four different main characters. And all they did is they went in there and they replaced them with Mario, Luigi, Princess Toadstool, and Toad. Sent it back. And that's our Mario, too. Wow, really? And that's why all the villains look different. That's why Mario's pulling up vegetables and picking up eggs and all those different elements come from Doki Doki Panic. Wow, but those are elements that are like part of just and, the Mario and, lore. And now to they're this part day. of Mario. Yep. Yeah, that's crazy. I did not know that. And I'm pretty sure they added like mushrooms in it, and they added stars to kind of tie it together. But a the gameplay itself wasn't. But the gameplay cha changed at all. That's not a Mario gameplay. That is a Doki Doki Panic gameplay. But it's a Nintendo game yeah. too. Yeah. yeah. Just shows how like deep their pockets were. That like let's right. just use this other random game. Yeah. Slap Mario on it, and, that and it's game, like iconic. That game came out years before uh, they created the Mario 2 sequel in Japan. So they actually took an older game and made it the sequel. Wow. Yeah. Did Doki Doki Panic have a franchise over there at all? It, it kind of did. I know that the mascots from that game were used at like a festival that they have in Japan, like a, some kind of winter festival. They used those mascots. It's actually an Arabic game. So those, those characters were Arabic you know, in their style and design. You learn something yeah. new every day. I feel like I've learned like <laughs> seven new things just on this uh, toy cast 
uh, along with you listeners. Uh, we hope there. Um, any th- closing thoughts, uh, Keith, from you uh, as we go ready to wrap this up here on our NES discussion? Uh, well, I guess a couple things. I mean, I know I didn't have a whole lot to contribute in regards to NES. I feel like my video game career started in the <laughs> 90s with uh, Sega Genesis, so I have a lot to say there. And, yeah. and then once we start talking Nintendo 64, I was there, you know, hardcore those first few years, so yeah. we'll have a lot to say there. Um, but no, before we wrap it up, I have in front of me right now is a Nintendo Game Pack Tops pack of cards from 1989. Ooh, baby. Uh, it says we've got Nintendo Game Pack with top secret tips. You get three scratch-off cards and two stickers. And I know it's going to be very interesting to listen to a man open this pack of cards, <laughs> but I'm going to hand these over to my buddy Joe, and he's going to rip them open, and let's see what we get. Let's get All a right. picture of that thing for the uh, the posts of the viewership. Oh, I take a pic before I open it? Yeah. Oh, could, actually, uh, you know what? I'm gonna we could probably record this opening as well and put it on the, the social media. Yeah, I'll record it. Get the, get the back picture as well so everyone can see the date. So opening this pack of cards creates a new discussion. Double Dragon, was was that the first game of its kind where it was kind of like that? Like a beat-em-up? Yeah. I'm not sure. But that was the, pop, the most popular most one. Most popular, yeah, for our, when we were kids playing it, absolutely, yeah. Inspired a couple movies. Mario, oh, yes. you know, Mario yeah. not, and Nintendo talked about, I alluded to the pop culture a little bit, but you had the Mario Brothers movie with uh, John Leguizamo and um, was it Dennis Hoskins? I think so. Yeah, the guy from Roger Rabbit. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Is that his name? I'm not getting two different actors mixed up. Yeah. Hoskins is definitely his last name. Bob Hoskins. <laughs> Bob Hoskins. Bob Hoskins. Yeah. Bob Hoskins. Bob Hoskins. Yeah. Big Bob Hoskins. But yeah, the 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 trading cards. Um, are we gonna scratch those bastards off or? Uh... I'm not even sure what you. Yeah, Joe. Why don't we scratch one off here? Which one you want to scratch? Super Mario Two, Double Dragon, or Super Mario Bros? Let's do Super Mario Two. Okay, here we go. This will be a good way to close the pod. We're gonna scratch it off. We're gonna see what we can get. While he's while he's scratching the. Uh, the thing with Nintendo is we're taught 1980s NES, the Nintendo Entertainment System, here on the ToyCast, and it just paved the way for video game systems in America to where we are today, where gaming is the biggest pastime for most kids and teenagers and even young adults, uh, to where video game tournaments are plentiful and million dollar people are millionaires and they just play video games and we couldn't have all that without nintendo uh so this is our gateway into a little bit of video game direction here on the toy cast as uh you can expect more in the future we'll be back next week with a uh, hasbro's line two keith is that oh, what we're yeah. doing series two series 1991 two. we've got a lot of figures to talk about we're grouping the t- tag teams the first set of tag teams in with that series two so yeah i've got plenty were... of stories to share in regards to that and Joe, what do we get in our scratch off? Is it possible that it's so old that it doesn't want to scratch off? <laughs> yeah, I think <laughs> because it's I tried keys, I tried my see. nail, and the uh, silver uh, material you, does not want. You've to almost leave. like burned a hole it through, through this put a card. Hole through the card. <laughs> so I don't know if it's going to scratch off anymore. Well, I can't send this off to get graded anymore. No, thanks, anymore. Joe. That is not a PSA ten anymore. So um, it was a 30, 33 year old card yeah. or thirty three year old scratch off, ladies and gentlemen? Mm-hmm. You heard it here first. On the Time Blaster Toy Cast, that the silver paint stuff they put over scratch offs will adhere oh, to wow, the cardboard. Yeah. It's just become part of yeah, the card. It's, now. Car- it's part of the card. <laughs> yeah. Now. Becomes one after 33 years or somewhere along the way. 
Alrighty, folks, we appreciate you listening to this episode, the Nintendo Entertainment System of the Time Blaster Toycast. Once again, I'm Dave at Matthew Priest on social media. As we have Keith at Time Blaster Toys and Joe at Retro KO. Thank you, gentlemen, for joining us this week. And we look forward to hearing all you beautiful listeners' feedback, reviews, subscribe, do whatever you got to do. But we appreciate all feedback as we continue to grow this podcast and hearing your beautiful voices with beautiful feedback and your beautiful faces in the mirror. So thank you very much. <laughs>